I always dreamed of becoming an entrepreneur, but I never really knew what I wanted to do. In my intro to psych class my senior year of high school, I absolutely fell in love with psychology. So that's the direction I went into. I was going to become an academic, open my own private practice, and ultimately become my own boss one day, right? Well, fast forward to college graduation, and I didn't really know if I wanted to continue with a master's degree or even become a psychologist. During high school, I had a few food service jobs, but there was one thing that I kept as a side hobby that ultimately went on to become my first real business venture. It gave me the opportunity to leave my job in the service industry while still allowing me to deepen my knowledge of buyer psychology. So, want to start a business but don't really know where to start? Try this. Hello, and welcome to the Currently Manifesting More Money Selling Pre-Loved Vintage and New Clothing with Up and Out Thrift. I'm your host, Lauren, and in this podcast, we'll be discussing the ins and outs of reselling clothing on online platforms like eBay, Depop, and Poshmark. Even if you're just starting out selling casually or have been in the reselling game for a while, this podcast is for you. So if you're interested in attracting more buyers to your store, establishing a loyal customer base, and reaching new audiences, stay till the end of the show to hear how you can get your shop featured on the next episode. Enjoy. My store's name is Up and Out Thrift, but it's honestly not that serious. You don't really need a store name to begin with. My store's name was always my name from the beginning. And then I made variations of it, like putting X's in my name just so it could look cool and stand out. So it was L-A-X-X-U-R-X-X-E-N. And that's just a name that I also use on platforms like Discord or whatever, just a variation of my name. And your brand name can very much well be a variation on your name as well. And That's what I did. That's exactly what I was doing. And I decided to go with a store name because I wanted to tailor it. I wanted it to be unique and I wanted it to actually mean something. So what is up and out thrift? What does that mean? Essentially, I post my listings. My listings go up and when they sell, they go out the door. That's where the name comes from. Super simple. I wanted simplicity. I wanted something that was straight to the point. And I wanted something that was memorable. Up and out thrift. That's unique. That's where the name came from. And why did I start selling on Depop? Well, I initially started selling on Poshmark with just things I would find around my house, mostly clothes, mostly my own clothing and some jewelry, some accessories here and there, but I did start on Poshmark. So there was an element of wanting to become my own like personal closet and kind of expanding into the realm of the younger crowd, the Gen Z, the millennial crowd. That's who I am. That's who I connect with. So I was like, you know, where, where are they? They're on Depop and Depop's cool. If you go on a Depop, you can see lots and lots of people being aesthetic. They have their own personality within their photos. I love seeing people that utilize 
their space, that their own space that they're in. They don't clean their room or anything. It's like a fucking mess. And they got posters in the background. And you can really see their personality within the photos. And they kind of build their shop off of those photos. Now, those photos, you can't really utilize doing that like on eBay. On eBay, that's a big no-no. They want you to have clear backgrounds, preferably white backgrounds, so Google can pick it up better. But ultimately, I found Depop really appealing to millennials, Gen Z, and I thought it was just a super cool, like, kind of newer, younger Poshmark kind of place. Even though Poshmark sells more than just clothing, Depop's pretty much just clothing clothing and accessories and I found that a lot of my friends were shopping on Depop as well and they had their favorite Depop sellers that they would shop from and it was just really popping off. I started on Depop. Actually, I did not start the account I currently have on Depop. I used to have like another one where I was mainly a buyer but I did sell some stuff in high school in 2018. That's when I got on Depop, um, very casual buyer on Depop, but I started there because it looked cool. That's the only reason. There's no other hidden reason behind it. My listings were terrible. It just looked cool. It looked like the place to be. So why did I expand onto eBay? I expanded onto eBay because number one, I wanted to start cross-listing. I wanted more sales. I believe Depop has around like maybe 18 million users, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But eBay has hundreds of millions of users and they're connected to the worldwide market. There's this little thing called the eBay Global Shipping Program and your listings can be seen from anyone in the entire world and they could get it on eBay. And when your item sells, it essentially goes to a warehouse somewhere in the United States. And then eBay then takes care of that package for you and ships it to another country, which is very nice. And that's what really drew me to eBay as I wanted to get on the worldwide market and get more eyes on my items. I will say since going on eBay, that is my number one platform. Since I have moved on to eBay, it's been my number one and it's always going to continue to be my number one. Will I phase out my other platforms? I don't know about that because I just have this deep love for Depop for some reason. It is very trendy, very new, and I love my customer base on Depop. People on Depop are really nice, super understanding. I've never had a problem with anybody not once in all of my 500 plus transactions on Depop, I haven't had a single issue with a buyer or a seller. It's been a very good time. But on eBay, on Mercari, on Poshmark, I had to deal with some, you know, not so nice people. But at the end of the day, you know, it is online. You are doing online transactions and emotions can't really convey themselves accurately within a little box of text. And I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, uh, Depop buyers, you know, they make it very well known that they are trying to be nice or mean to you. 
I have not personally dealt with anyone who's outwardly mean to me. I guess I've had a few people that were like trying to mess with me or whatever, but they weren't like outwardly trying to be mean to me at all. And those people did get blocked too, were fucking with me. So fuck around, find out. So why will I continue to sell clothes for as long as I can? Let me tell you, you can have an online secondhand store on any of these platforms and you could do it for the rest of your life. It is practically passive income with like a little bit of work. And on some of these platforms, you can essentially post in ghost like eBay. So on eBay, you do not need to refresh your listings. You don't need to update your listings as long as your listing is solid to begin with. If you have an item, you accurately describe it, you fill out all the tedious little eBay categories, whatever, you will come up in search results. And you can do a little bit of post and ghost. And it is very nice to not have to refresh your items like that on Poshmark or Depop. And Mercari, Mercari is a little bit like eBay in the way that you don't really have to refresh them, but you do need to quote unquote promote your listings. And that is when you go into the Mercari app and essentially drop your price down, like maybe one or $2. It's based off a percentage. And that basically alerts all your likers and viewers on your item that the price is going down and come buy my item. Stuff like that is, um, it's a little tedious. So that's why I really love eBay. And I am always going to have an eBay store no matter what because clothing, shoes, accessories, these things come and go in my life. And I love rotating my own closet. I personally thrift for myself. I thrift for my business and it's just more fun. It's more fun going into a thrift store and not really knowing what you're gonna find. And hey, maybe you'll find a pair of Everlane jeans that go on sale for about $75, retail for around two, 250 and pick them up for $25. That's exactly what happened to me the other day. And I love those jeans. But let me tell you, it is, it's a game. It's all part of a game and it's really hard in the beginning as a clothing reseller to kind of separate yourself from the business because I definitely was picking up those things that I really loved in the beginning and had a hard time parting with or putting up online. I quickly got over that though because I did need the money, but I personally rotate my own closet and I don't really want to like throw things away just because there are all these fast fashion industry competitors coming out making cheap clothes that you can only wear a couple times and then you throw it away. Maybe you wear it to a festival or something and then the fucking strap breaks. Stuff like that. Horrible landfills. I mean, we are throwing clothes away faster than ever and we are producing more and more waste like you could not even believe and i don't care what your political stance is or anything you cannot deny that there is a overflow of clothing within the united states of america and a lot of other places in the world that's why they have rag houses they have the goodwill bins they literally have landfills filled with clothing because we are producing clothing faster than we can throw it away. That's why 
I also love thrifting. That's a huge part of why I do this because honestly, um, I get a lot of clothing on the low, like super, super cheap, uh, less than $5, sometimes less than a dollar. Yes, I have purchased clothing for less than a dollar and flipped it for like 30, 50 bucks. That just goes to show you that the inventory is out there. No matter who you are, where you are, the inventory is out there and it is cheap and people pass up on clothing all the time. People look at used clothing and they might think to themselves, oh, it's worthless. It's not worth anything. There's no price tag on it. It's already been worn and washed and whatever. It has value. And there's no denying that. Go on to eBay. Half of it or more than half of it is pre-loved, used goods. Some of it's not even in the best condition. I have seen t-shirts and jeans that look like they have been run over by a semi-truck sell for hundreds of dollars because it's a vintage band t-shirt from like the 80s or something. It is unreal and the secondhand market is not going away. It is never going to go away and people's want and need to rotate out their own closets. Maybe they have a favorite pair of pants that they can no longer find in the stores. It's discontinued and they can only find it on eBay. There's always going to be a market for used clothing, used goods, and that is why it is a good thing to always have an eBay account, at least an eBay account in your life. So maybe you can rotate your own closet, maybe get some of your money back on the items you purchased at retail prices, get some money back on that and go get yourself a new pair of pants. And one crucial part of my business is creating these listings, not only listings, good listings with good SEO so that Google can pick it up and I could get more eyes on my items. And another way I get more customers into all my platforms and make quick sales is a software I use called Vendu. With Vendu, I import all of my listings from eBay onto Vendu and Vendu helps me easily cross list to my other platforms. So I sell on eBay, Depop, Poshmark and Mercari. Vendu has been a lifesaver in my own business. I save so much time cross listing with Vendu. And if you wanna try it out, literally go onto Vendu. You can get five free items and try it out for yourself. You don't have to sign up for anything, but if you do like Vendu, I do have a referral link in the description of the podcast episode all the way in the bottom. It is the Vendu Refer a Friend program. And when you use my link to sign up, you get 25% off your first month when you sign up for Vendu. I'm not kidding. This is something I use within my own business. And just a disclaimer here, I do get a little kickback when you guys do use my referral link. And I wanna thank you guys so much for using that link. I've had a few listeners reach out to me and use my Vendu referral link and tell me that they absolutely loved it. So go ahead, try it out today. Use my Vendu referral link, refer a friend program link down in the description. So why clothing and how does this relate to psychology and the whole psychology background? Well, I love fashion. I like seeing the weird, wacky stuff people are wearing on Instagram, Pinterest, New York Fashion Week. I just think it's really interesting that 
At the heart of it all, clothing is a utility item. We use clothing to stay warm. We use clothing to be socially acceptable in different social situations. You're not going to dress the same way you dress at the beach as you would a interview, let's say. And I just think it's really interesting that at the cornerstone of fashion, is buyer psychology and knowing and learning marketing strategies and what makes people want to buy your items and clothing, whatever is crucial to having a profitable business. For example, I thrift for profit. So what does that mean? I go into thrift stores, secondhand stores, flea markets, garage sales, whatever. I buy clothing, I post the clothing online, and I make a little bit of profit on the clothing I am selling. And I will tell you that some of the best clothing companies are ones that you are not gonna find in the thrift stores. You're gonna be finding a lot of Old Navy, Walmart brands, Target brands, Brands that have a lot of saturation because they are quote unquote cheap clothes in the grand scheme of things. The most money to be made in clothing is in those daily value items, kind of the items that are priced somewhere between $10 to I would say maybe $35. That's the average price range I personally make the most on and retail clothing stores also make their money in these daily value, easy to buy items. It is easier for people to go into a store and buy multiple shirts that maybe cost anywhere between five and $15, buy multiples of those shirts, then go into the store and buy one shirt that is $100. And understandably, I struggle with that too. I would never spend $100 on a shirt, but number one, People like getting a deal. That is why the secondhand market is never going to go away. Because one strategy online sellers do is buy wholesale clothing for really cheap, maybe $5 or less. And then in return can sell new, brand new with tags clothing, such as an anthropology top, for example, that retails for around $100. The $100 top and they turn around and sell it on eBay for $39.99. And for example, when you are promoting your store on social media, when you're posting about these tops that you have that are really expensive, that you're selling for really cheap, maybe you're doing a YouTube video. You're doing a YouTube video, you're doing a little haul, and you're like, okay guys, I'm gonna sell this for about 40 bucks. And here's the price tag. It's like a hundred something dollars. Well, this can be highlighted in your content that you create and you can showcase that the big retail price tags are way more than what you are selling it for. And you could say something like, get it from my eBay store for $39.99 with an additional 10% off, always running on my eBay store. And I give free shipping to everyone in the U.S or whatever your store's policies are. I personally run a 10% discount code on my eBay store. So when you do log into my eBay, you see my store, every single listing has use code blank for 10% off when you shop my store. This gives the illusion that consumers are getting an even better deal within my store by having that coupon. It's highlighted in red, which leads me into number two, the concept of ending the price with 99. 
And from the article, five psychological pricing tactics that attract customers with examples, the concept of charm pricing. Here's the definition. Charm pricing refers to the use of prices ending in the number nine because of the left digit bias, a phenomenon which customers' perceptions and evaluations are disproportionately influenced by the leftmost digit of product price. Research shows ending prices in 99, e.g. 599, can result in more sales than rounding up to the nearest round price point, e.g. $600. The human mind subconsciously rounds that 599 to $500 as opposed to $600, even though it's unreasonable. In a study noted, the book Priceless charm prices outsold rounded prices by 24%. And it says that this is best for companies with non-luxury products that want to convey a quote-unquote deal. An example, a transaction software costs $9.99 a month. Due to that left-digit bias, many consumers think this product is significantly less than $10. It's a great deal. And this is something that I do within my own platforms. For example, I end all my listings with a variation of either 90s or 80s cents at the end. And I actually use a method that helps me track when I listed an item. And I actually picked this up from another reseller on YouTube. Her name is Kaylee Elaine, and she uses this list date pricing tracker. So for example, she just has a table printed out with all the months of the year, January through December. And on the other side, January starts at 0.91. February 0.92 and so on. And then it goes all the way to 0.87 cents. So all of her listings, every listing that ends in 87 cents was listed in December. And that's just something that I recently picked up from her, but it is helping my store overall getting more views, getting more watchers on my items because I'm having that little variation in the cents pricing, the little charm pricing at the end. I don't necessarily think charm pricing is limited to that 99 cents right there, but just having some kind of variation in the sense then a rounded whole number kind of makes people feel like they are getting a deal on things on eBay and Depop, which are my two most selling platforms. And I will say that Poshmark and Mercari do not have this option. You can only list in the format of whole numbers, which I think ultimately does affect your sales when regarding to this. And on Poshmark, like if your item is under $15, it's probably not going to sell because the shipping price on that is going to be like seven something dollars because they charge a flat rate for their shipping labels and heavier items tend to sell better because ultimately you are getting a better deal on those heavier, higher priced items. And another little variation I do of this is when somebody clicks the like button on my eBay listing, they are automatically added to the watchers list. And then I now have the option to send an offer to watchers. So I go ahead and I send a weird offer. So if it's something cheap, like 14, 39, 26, 44, or 12.05, it really gives the buyer the illusion that I'm giving them a really low price than what I initially listed it for. And I'll just like throw in a weird random ending number that makes it look a little cheaper. 
And lastly, getting back into the topic of the most money is to be made in everyday value items, items that are relatively easy for people to shell out money for. Uh, anything between the $10 and $35 range, that's where I personally make my most sales. I sell everyday value items. Definitely not home runs every single day. I do have those home run sales occasionally and available within my stores, but the everyday value between $10, $35 is what's selling the most. This price range is comfortable for people to shop at, and that's where you can develop repeat buyers. Not to say mid-tier luxury doesn't have its place or luxury doesn't have its place, but I don't know about y'all, but I can't afford made well prices. For example, I have a champagne taste on a beer budget and I've learned how to be thrifty with in my own business and personal life. And I know what I'm comfortable buying and uncomfortable buying. And I kind of base how I would feel about buying something online, about how I'm listing it online. Is this something that people are really wanting to buy? Is it something they're even looking for? And that's what I keep in mind when I am thrifting, listing, all the intricate pieces that go within my business, I'm keeping this in mind. And I have sold those $100 t-shirts that look like they've been run over by a semi before. And I have sold everyday value items and I sell everyday value items more consistently. And all of those transactions add up. And at the end of the day, my business is profitable because everyday value items sell better than those $100 shirts, $100 dresses. But these high ticket, high value items do have their place. And they especially have their place when you are trying to market your business and possibly creating content for your business, showcasing the items within your store, the best of the best stuff, bust out those listings, and it's time to create something that will get your buyers into your store. Maybe they look at the item, you know, maybe they can't afford it, but they take a look around and they see some other items they can afford, that they are comfortable with purchasing and you land that sale. For example, I ran into somebody who I purchased a lot of Betsy Johnson items from and Betsy Johnson sells really well, particularly if you have more of her like vintage stuff. Uh, she has different labels. She does her branding under. So she had like these uh, Betsy Johnson punk label dresses, stuff like that. I have a pair of pants currently right now. So I showcased those within my Instagram listings and they got a lot of likes. I put them up on Pinterest. I made reels and shorts about them. And ultimately that drove traffic into my store and I did sell almost all of my Betsy Johnson stuff I did pick up from her. And for example, I did list a t-shirt. I listed at $120. It sold with that 10% coupon code that I'm always constantly running in my store. It sold same day. So I ended up profiting about uh, 80 or $90 after everything's said and done after taxes, eBay fees, but 80 or $90 on that one item. So that was a home run for me, but that brought people into my store talking about the Betsy Johnson little mini collection that I had acquired. 
and people were getting into my store. They were buying those lower ticket items and some of those big ticket items were also selling as well. So having a nice range, a nice price range where people can shop all the way down from $4.99 in my store plus shipping to I think the most expensive thing I have right now is around $300. I have everything within that range. And that means I have a bigger audience to cater to. I have people that are looking for unique vintage pieces, people who are looking for just a pair of pants. And on my social media, I do showcase these high ticket items. So I'll do a ship with me video and I'll do the ship with me video for that Betsy Johnson dress I sold for X amount of money and I'll talk about it and I'll zoom in on it. I'll show it in the best lighting. I'll show the details. I'll talk about the details, where it's going maybe. I get a lot of sales to New York. I ship to New York all the time, New York and California. So maybe I'll talk about New York. Maybe I'll talk about California, wherever my audience is. But let it be known that you are the one that has this item. There's something special about your store that nobody else has. You have this item and you're kind of doing like a virtual, like jump up and down, like look at me, look at my store, come into my store and it's free. The best part about this is it's free. It's not free ultimately because you are paying with your time to create this content. It does take time to make quality content, but it pays for itself in the end when you do make those sales. I wanted to end this podcast with saying that there will never be a shortage of clothes as long as these fast fashion companies remain in business and as long as we keep producing clothing faster than we can throw it away, clothing will always be in abundance and clothing is cheap. You can get clothing for less than a dollar at garage sales. Trust me, go to a couple garage sales. You will see that people do not want it. They do not see value in used clothing. And that is where you come in. And clothing is something that is relatively easy to store. I tried starting a Etsy business at one point. It was like an Etsy sticker business. Didn't really work out, but I bought like a whole Cricut machine and I had all this space occupying my stickers or whatever. And with clothing, I simply throw it into the washer and dryer, take photos of it, fold it up, put it in a nice little box and there it sits until it's sold and it's flat. When it goes in a polymeller, it's flat. I don't have to worry about it breaking and that's why I love clothing so much. I don't need to test anything. Electronics gets messy crafts get messy. I can't really create anything anyways, but I do know how to sell and market clothing and you can too. And all you need to do is learn a little buyer psychology and it will go a long way. And you cannot learn until you try. So go ahead, start small, start simple. And while you're learning about yourself and what you really want to do, having a small clothing resale business on the side can help give you some guidance to where you really want to go and what business you really want to be in. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's podcast. I've linked down below all the places you can find me. And I'd really love to hear from you all about your personal e-commerce sites and shout your stores out on future episodes. 
Creating a community of other like-minded entrepreneurs and potentially finding new customers has never been easier. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review with your shop's name, what you sell, and what platforms we can all find you on. See you on the next one. Bye.